0: A glooming peace this morning with it brings. The sun, for sorrow, will not show his head. Go hence, to have more talk of these sad things. Some shall be pardoned, and some punished. For never was a story of more woe than this of Juliet and her Romeo. Romeo and Juliet, Act 5 Scene 3 Such Sweet Sorrow If he does not come soon, she may not have the heart to kill him. For an hour now, she has sat at the foot of her bed, gripping her sword in its crimson scabbard. Over and over she whispers, I am the sword of the katrisu I was born to avenge the blood of my people. But her traitor throat aches and her coward eyes sting. Once upon a time, she believed she was only a sword. Now she fears she is only a girl. She hopes he will come soon. She hopes he will never come. The casement swings open. She stands. Her numb hands draw the sword and let the scabbard drop. His dark eyes are wide as he climbs through the window. But there is no surprise in them when she greets him with the point of her blade held to his throat. He looks strangely small. Just a boy. With messy black hair and a sweet laugh, she will never hear again. Her only love. And now, her only hate. I see you, she says, speaking the ancient words for the first time. And I judge you guilty. He sighs. And the corner of his mouth tips up just a little. I know, he says. And he kneels and bares his neck. She can smell the blood on him. He is clean. He took the trouble to bathe before coming here to die. But he spilled the lifeblood of her kin, and she can smell that guilt upon him. She can almost taste it. Her body shakes with a desire to kill him for it. She wants him to fight. She wants him to beg, to flee, to threaten or persuade. Ever since she met him, she has most terribly wanted. Look up at me, she demands, and he does, his gaze as simple and sure as the night she fell in love with him. Why did you come? She whispers. You knew what I would do. You know what I must do. He swallows. She sees the muscles move in his throat, and she thinks of the blood pulsing just below the skin. He is a fragile, perfect balance of breath and heartbeat, skin and bones and blood. A little world entire, most beautifully made. He was her world, and now she is going to destroy him. Journey's end in lovers' meeting. She says the words flatly. Without tune. But they both remember the sun-drenched afternoon when he sang them to her. Every wise man's son doth know. Why did you come back? Because I'm sorry, he says hoarsely. Because I know you loved him. You deserve to avenge him. Not because it is her duty. Not because vengeance is written on her skin and the spells that wrote it compel her to obey. Because she loved her cousin. Because he ruffled her hair and comforted her when she was a little child. Because he is dead and cold now, in a vault beneath their house, his arms sliced open as the embalmers do their work. And yet even he... Her most beloved cousin never wondered if she wanted to avenge or not. Nobody ever wondered. Nobody until this boy who kneels before her now. Slowly, she kneels so they are eye to eye. And she lays the sword upon the floor. I see you. Her fingertips trace his cheek. Her voice is tiny and soft. I judge you guilty, but you belong to me now, so all your sins are mine. She slides her fingers into his dark hair and kisses him, kisses her dearest sin again and again. Her heart pounds with the desire to kill him, to wreck and ruin and revenge, But she only clutches him closer, kisses him more fiercely, and his arms wrap around her as he kisses her back. She will not be the one who kills him. She will give everything else to her family, to her duty, to the adjuration written on her skin. But she will not give them this.